Howdy, welcome to Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL Fantasy Podcast, The Rundown, with me, the Defensive Centre. You can find me on Twitter at Defensive Centre, all one word. So on this uh, weekly podcast, I cover all of the latest NRL news and developments relevant to your NRL fantasy team, plus I'll give you the highlights from www.renegadesfs.com, which is where you can get all of your NRL fantasy analysis. So for the next 15 minutes, uh, they're really meant for all of us who haven't got the time to keep up with how much Sydney clubs are going to gut themselves to try and sign Cronk next year, or if Brooks is really worth five hundred dollars or $750,000 a year. Basically, this is like getting Ivan Cleary to come over and take a contract off the table for your imminent signing of Jesse Bromwich. So first, a little update on my team. I uh, rallied after a few tough weeks. Um, I posted... 823 and finished the round at 1,384th, which is a, a bit of an improvement from last from last round. While my team value uh, is a little on the low side, I am carrying about $300,000 at the moment in the bank, so I'm looking to make some pretty decent upgrades this week. Um, although I feel like there's a few structural problems and a lot of my positions uh, need a little bit of work. So it's just one of those rounds where you really want to burn five trades and uh, make a whole bunch of back-ended contracts up. So let's jump up, jump into the fallout from round five and look out for what we've got happening in round six ahead of us. So first injury and team list news. Uh, first game of the round is Broncos versus Roosters. So the Bronx name an unchanged side, but there are some pretty serious doubts over uh, James Roberts. Um, he was injured in the game last week. He has been named. Uh, there is also a pretty strong rumor around that Cody Nikarima will come onto the bench uh, as a utility and he'll probably steal minutes from McCulloch. That's the assumption. Uh, so how his stocks fare in the next few weeks are going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Roosters have lost Dylan Napa. Napa. Uh, he had an ankle injury and he's currently listed as indefinite for a return time. This brings Liu onto the, uh, into the 13 and Evans back onto the bench after he was dropped last week. Knights versus Dogs. The Knights move uh, Jamie Bureau back to second row. Uh, Ross is back on the wing. And most importantly, Yates is on an extended bench and not in the 17. So he could be time to consider flipping him soon. Uh, but ultimately, there's no rush because he's not going to be losing money not playing in the NRL. For the Dogs, Moses Mbai is back, which pushes Frawley out of the 17, which is a bit disappointing for some because he was potentially a cash-out option. Um, Panthers and Rabbitohs, so there's a heap of changes for the Panthers if you haven't been keeping up. Uh, Hook has handed down some pretty serious suspensions to his players, uh, for three players for having a, too much of a good time after last week's game. He's ruled out Moylan, Hiku and uh, Wanga Blake for one week. Peachy is also out with rib injury uh, with an indefinite return time as well. So Dylan Edwards, Michael Oldfield, uh, Malachi Watani Zelezniak, come into the team. Uh, Akuola joins the bench. Cartwright and Fisher-Harris are still not back yet, which means that everyone's favorite cash cow, China, CHN, return, uh, keeps his spot on the uh, in the starting 13, so he's going to keep making us all money. For the Rabbitohs, there are no changes. Uh, Farah has been named on the bench, uh, like he was, like he started last week, uh, despite him injuring himself in that game, and he only played a few minutes from memory. So... Uh, Keep an eye on that and see whether or not he holds his position when the final team list is named. Sea Eagles versus Dragons. 
Lusick is uh, going to play his first game for Manly this year. Pushing Hastings out for the Dragons. The injury to Dugan sees Nightingale play fullback and Kurt Mann on the wing. Aitken comes back at centre. Um, and Sele replaces Host on the bench, so he's a basement price uh, rookie. Uh, but he will presumably pick up the 15 to 30 minutes that uh, Host was playing. He has a fairly high PPM from, um, from lower-grade footy and is apparently a bit of a defensive weapon. So... Might be worth keeping an eye out on him, despite his low, uh, likely minute role. Titans versus Raiders. For the Titans, Tyrone Roberts is injured, um, but for some reason he's actually been named on the extended interchange. Tyrone Roberts-Davis replaces him at fullback, which will be fantastic to hear the comms, uh, the commentators struggle with that uh, subtle change. Don is on the wing. Hurrell is back at centre. McQueen is also back in. For the Raiders, Whitehead is back, which pushes... The Coltrane off the bench uh, via Priest, who pushes onto the bench from the starting side. Cowboys versus Tigers. Great news from the Tigers. Uh, sorry, from the Cowboys uh, with Hess back to the bench. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that because I missed the Hess train, and now everyone is going to have to make uh, some pretty quick decisions about what to do about him. Ponga is back. Uh, weirdly, though, it's as a bench utility. Uh, although perhaps he will be there as cover for Coote, who was clearly struggling a little bit with his leg last week, um, tweaking it again. Uh, however, he did play an excellent game, so uh, he's unlikely to be dragged unless he's quite seriously injured. Granville, the big news is that Granville is out for three to six weeks with a broken leg. Uh, Hampton has been named to start at hooker, and he's quite cheap. Uh, Tigers are largely unchanged uh, with Lytle in for and the injured Ballon. I'll come back to talk about Hampton in a little bit. Uh, he'll be one of the big talking points of the week. Warriors versus Eels. Uh, pretty minor changes for the Warriors. Gubb starts and Gave to the bench. Roach replaces Hingano. For the Eels, Maroa is back. Scott goes to lock and Brown goes to the bench. Even though uh, a few people would have been looking at Brown after scoring well, he's back on the bench and likely lower minutes. For the Storm and Sharks, which is the grand final rematch, both teams are unchanged. So the big issue this week um, for a lot of teams, myself included, uh, is the hooker position. So a lot of coaches have Braley. He has reached a break-even of 19, uh, according to the Renegades Fantasy Sports break-even data uh, page. He's coming off a score of 36, uh, so he's likely to hold his price for probably one more week at least. But a lot of people are now um, assuming he's basically done, and Seguiaro, he's um, going to be munching up a lot of his minutes. So the urge to hold him probably would have uh, been the dominant one, except that we have a potential cash cow this week in Hampton. So a bit of a background on Hampton. He's double position, um, player, half, and hooker. Uh, so that makes him pretty attractive as a potential cash out also for someone like LG or Jax or Lamb. Um, he Hampton has a break-even of 17. And, uh, sorry, LG has a break-even of 17, so he's also getting close to maxing out. And he scored a pretty pathetic 36 with two tries last week. So uh, he's due for some really poor scores soon once he stops scoring tries. So what we know about Hampton... Uh, he has not played that position. He hasn't played hooker before, uh, at least not in the NRL. He's a notoriously poor scorer, uh, so no one's really sure what to expect by putting him into a position like hooker. He has a 
hysterically low point per minutes uh, of 0.5 and 0.41 in 2015 and 2014 respectively. And that was playing 80 minutes uh, as a half. So uh, how those scores translate into hooker are not entirely clear. He's very cheap, $143,000, so an obvious cash-out option. The big question mark is how long he gets good minutes. So apparently Ray Thompson is back from injury and is training. Uh, he may play in Trust Super Cup this weekend, so he is a, definitely a strong chance to push Hampton out when he's back. So buyer beware, but he could really make you a quick buck. Uh, personally, I think unless you're looking to upgrade Braley to a legitimate keeper like McInnes or McCulloch, um, although, as I mentioned, Nicarima might be back soon, munching into McCulloch's minutes, uh, there's not a lot of options, really. So Cook is someone people have been talking about, but Farah is still hanging around, so his minutes are not clear. Um, for me personally, I'm still not entirely sure what I'm doing, but I really need to, to jump soon. I may just hold off for one more week and see if something amazing happens, like Seguiaro stops playing for the Sharks or something like that. So just quickly walking through the articles from this week, uh, we've obviously got the break-evens. It's a fantastic little article talking about cashing out. So this article covers this problem that we're all facing at the moment, which is that we really need cash to get some key upgrades to prepare for the buy round period. Um, unfortunately, that cash is tied up in these maturing cash cows. So to access that, we need to cash them out to someone. Preferably, that person would be another cash cow and you would just keep doing that, building up your bank. But there's very few good cash cows around at the moment. A lot of them have a lot of risk around them. So if you do really need to cash out, um, there's no obvious cash cow available. This article has really covered what uh, covers what you're really meant to be looking for. And uh, the four key things to be looking for are buy cover, so players who maybe aren't named right now but could come into teams uh, when origin players are out over the buy period, double positional players, which even though they might not uh, make you any money, they could give you a squad flexibility through the buys, potential to be a cash cow, so basically picking those people who are next up in the case of an injury. And finally, you really don't want someone who's going to be a shitty auto-emergency. So someone who's going to be pushing out really low scores um, in the meantime and potentially get you into some trouble if there's a late withdrawal or something like that. Uh, one of the other articles which is up today, which is normally only up on Thursday, is the Q&A with Renegade. Um, some really good stuff in here this week. Some questions around when a good, when is it a good time to jump on some of the undervalued players like Whitehead? Is it too late to get CHN China? Uh, who to cash out? Suli, Yates, those sorts of players. Is Valentine Holmes worth getting on? Cook, uh, what are we doing there with Farrah hanging around still? Uh, so some really good stuff in there. There's the pod team and the Renegades Fantasy Sports Celebrity League. There's all the game summaries from round four and Scarfie's scraps. So one of the things we're going to be looking forward to um, over the next few weeks is buy planning. So it's getting to that point of the year when a lot of coaches, um, those coaches focusing on overall ranks, are going to start thinking about buy planning. I personally try to avoid thinking about it too early. I just want to set my team up to score me the most points. But from about round sort of six, um, I start thinking a little bit more about how my trades improve my buy coverage. So if you're new to all of this, buy planning is about managing your team through the buy period where you still need to get maximum points out of your team 
um, while whole clubs are not going to be playing, origin players are going to be unavailable, um, and that sort of thing. It's it's my favourite part of NRL fantasy, and uh, it's really why uh, I keep coming back year after year and why I think NRL is a fantastic sport to play fantasy football with. So to help you with this, um, Renegade Fantasy Sports have put together a few articles already. Uh, they were in the prospectus, so if you just search bioplanning on the website, you'll find those. A few introductory ideas, teams with good buy coverage, that sort of thing. Uh, the analytics department have put together a really helpful Excel spreadsheet buy planner. allows you to put your team in, look at your coverage, you know how many players you've got playing in each of those buy rounds. Um, we'll also be putting up plenty of articles over the next few weeks, and uh, I might even do a special podcast covering some of the specific strategies that I like to employ um, and the things that I'm thinking about with buy planning. So I won't go into the detail right now because we're running out of time, but I guess the things I'm thinking about is when I'm doing buy planning is, is not just sideways trading, you know, moving this gun to this gun through the buy period to maximize coverage. Um, it's also not about just picking up those players from teams that have that play in the major buys. It's really about roster depth. So all those red dots that you've been accumulating, and I've got a few myself, we need to start getting those out of your team and need to be getting players into there who are either earning you money or going to be playing in your 17. So it's about transitioning between the rounds and then transitioning into your final team as the buyers are finishing and getting to that final team as soon as possible after the buyers. So in that way, you maximize your points over the end of the season and give yourself the best chance at getting the best rank. So I'll go into more detail on that over the next few weeks and give a few specific examples. May even uh, buy plan the Renegade uh, bosses team uh, to give people a bit of an idea about how to approach it. So that's it for me uh, tonight. Sit tight, set your lineup. Captain Smith, see ya.